My name is Aaron Prince-Staley, and you're listening to the Podcast Preview, where I tell you about a podcast that you're going to love. Today, I'm going to introduce you to the Spilled Milk Podcast, which is a comedy podcast about food hosted by Seattle food writers Molly Weisenberg and Matthew Amster Burton. I'll show you what Spilled Milk is all about, and then I'll talk to Molly and Matthew about the show. Spilled Milk is a show about all kinds of food, not just hip food topics like you might expect, but real stuff that we all actually eat. Some of my favorite episodes are the ones where they talk about foods that I've actually bought and eaten, like this episode about cheesy crackers. So um, finally, uh, we have um, the... I, I... <laughs> The white cheddar cheese it. I was I wanted to give it some sort of title, but I couldn't think of anything. Is we this, have the the this is the cheese cracker that Matthew believes is going to win today. Yeah. And if I remember this correctly from our previous episode of our previous cheese cheese cracker episode. Mm. Hmm. I'm getting a weird white cheddar flavor. Did you say white cheddar or wet cheddar? It's kind of a weird taste, Matthew. It's kind of a fizzy flavor. Ooh. I like it. Huh. It's very it's very sharp, very tart. I wonder if, if I had eaten this first, if I would feel differently. Is there a song about that? <laughs> <laughs> there is now. That's true. It would be totally legal for us to use songs that we write ourselves in the podcast. I, I can definitely tell this is white cheddar flavor. It reminds me of the white cheddar flavor of Pirate's Booty. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, Matthew. Let me taste the regular Cheez-It again. Mm, I think Whoa. I'm a regular Cheez-It person. Cheese nips are so bad. At least we can agree on that. Cheese nips are grody. Mm, I think I like regular Cheez-Its. Okay. Well, boy, I'm right. glad we settled that. That's fine. I'm going to send you home with the regular Cheez-Its. Should we take pictures of these? Oh, yeah. And I'm going to marry the white Cheez-Its. Great. Hey, I heard that you can tell me about the world's best cheesy cracker that I probably can't get. Yeah. Have I ever, have I ever brought you any of these? Probably not. So, in Japan. Oh. <laughs> In Japan, there's this cracker called Cheeza. That's C-H-E-E-Z-A. And they're these little, very dense, small crackers that come in a foil pouch that you buy at a convenience store. And each one is, has printed on the bag. There are several flavors. There's like camembert, cheddar, cream cheese, blue cheese. And each one has a percentage printed on the bag. And that's the percentage cheese that each cracker consists of. <laughs> it's like 98% cheese. Well... No, no cheese is less than 50% cheese. Are you serious? And they are, you know, if you ate some cheese and then ate any of the crackers we ate today, they would taste like cardboard because cheese, it's more cheesy than actual cheese in some sense. The next time you go to Japan, will you bring back like all the different varieties and we'll do our third <laughs> cheesy cracker Absolutely. Episode? Our third of six. <laughs> Sometimes Molly and Matthew do a special episode of Spilled Milk where they work their way through a box of junk food sent to them by an international listener. Here, Molly and Matthew are trying a few foods sent to them by a Norwegian listener named Judah, and guess what? All the foods are also from Norway. Next up, um, Troika. This looks like it might be really good. I want to save it. Okay. How about... <laughs> this does not look good, <laughs> and it's called Not K-N-O-T-T. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, that's number one. A childhood favorite. Anise, licorice, and peppermint-flavored candy. Hmm. Not. Oh, so wait, are there are there different flavors in here? Like is one anise and maybe. Uh I think they're they look the same. We both know how I feel about licorice. Mm-hmm. I can't tell if I got anise or licorice. Those are pretty similar flavors. Mm. Compressed sugar confectionery <laughs> with I, anise, licorice, and peppermint flavor. I think they're all the same. I think they're maybe all the same. I like them. They they 
are kind of like good and plenties, but without the hard candy shell. But the flavor is very similar to a good and plenty, which I like. And they look, they kind of look like pencil erasers. If you if you have like a thing for chewing on pencil erasers, you're probably going to enjoy this. If your pencil eraser like popped out of your number two pencil. And was had the texture of chalk, but mm-hmm. the flavor of licorice. But it's so very, if that, it's very if, mild. If that thing we just described appealed to you, then this is your thing. Then not. you should get not. You should get not. Oh, oh, when I chew it up, I like it. Okay. Um, it's it does have this nice like licorice slash anise thing. You know when you're leaving an Indian restaurant and they've got like yes the candied like fennel seeds. Oh, or, we, we got that in our Indian junk yeah, food package. This, this great. reminds me of that, only sweeter and milder. Oh yeah. You know I like these more than I thought I would. All right, you can have them. Well, I didn't say I necessarily wanted okay. them. But thanks, um, Matthew. Let's see. Do you have the mm, mm. milk milk? Uh, I think this is this is milk chocolate with um, almonds and ha- hazelnuts. That sounds good. Milk chocolate. <laughs> let's see. Um, this is free up. <laughs> you are having a sneezing issue today. Yeah. Oh, this is milk chocolate with salted, roasted, and caramelized almonds. Oh, it says right here, um, salted, roasted, og caramelizierte mandler. And we already, we already learned that uh, that that almond is called mandel. Ma- mon- mandel. So, mandel so stang. Maybe a mandler. Well, the the brand of this bar we're going to eat is is uh, Walter's Mandler, which is named for. <laughs> for Walter Mondler, a guy who who bought a German a, a Norwegian almond factory. <laughs> this is all this is all true history. Oh, I love this. Mm. Oh, Walter's Mondler, nicely done. <laughs> because the the salted, roasted, and caramelized almonds. This is great. Have like a rice crispy texture mm-hmm. to them. Oh, this is like a like a crackle bar. This is amazing, and I feel like when you're going to do something like this, it reminds me a little bit of a of a Hershey's Symphony bar. Also, the one with the little toffee nuggets. Mm, I don't think I've had a Symphony. That um, oh, if, oh, I love this. If you haven't had a Symphony, you should you should definitely have one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we're gonna have to share this one, Matthew. Oh yeah, when you do something like this, I feel like it should definitely be done with milk chocolate, and it is, and it's mm, great. It is oh. so good. I'm having a little symphony right now. <laughs> yeah. These box of international food episodes are rare, but they're always a treat. So now that you've heard a little bit of the show, let's talk to Molly and Matthew. I'm here with Molly Weisenberg and Matthew Amsterburton from the Spilled Milk podcast. Matthew and Molly, thanks for joining me on the show. Absolutely. Hi. So I, I love your guys' podcast. It's really really fun. I, it makes me laugh. I learn something every time I listen. Why did you guys start the podcast? And did you know each other before the podcast? Or did you sort of meet and started the podcast right away? Oh, Matthew, do you want to you you get started? I'll just jump in and interrupt you a bunch. Oh, that sounds great. We, we knew each <laughs> other a little bit. This this podcast was sort of born on a road trip. Uh, Molly and I, oh, Molly didn't know it at the time when the podcast was being born. It's uh, true. We, it was painless. We were, <laughs> so it was the best kind of birth, the kind where you don't know it's going on. And I was eating corn nuts at the time. And I was eating Cool Ranch Doritos. So, so we were on this uh, this uh, road trip to Portland uh, to uh, to be on a panel at a food writing conference, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Molly and I were just like cracking each other up in the car the whole way down. And sometime along the way, I started thinking, boy, I listened to a lot of podcasts where people or it's two people talking to each other and being funny i could see other people possibly enjoying this and and what was interesting to me about it when you sent me an email is that 
well, yeah, we didn't know each other that well. No. Uh, and also that I always thought of you as someone who was very funny. And when you approached me and said that you wanted to do a food and comedy podcast, I was kind of like, A, like, w- what's a podcast? Sure. I was one of those people. And This B, was 20, 2009. It, we we wow. were back in the dark ages. And, uh, and B, I was like, I'm just not that funny. And I feel like actually one of the things that, that doing this show has has really helped me with is seeing how much I love funny people and that that my favorite people are the people who make me laugh and I didn't know that. Yes, well, I, I see Molly was one of my favorite people I realized on that road trip because she made me laugh so many times that like Cool Ranch Doritos were coming out of my nose and I said, uh, <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna share this talent with the world. Aww. So you both came from the world of food writing, is that right? Yes. And Mm -hmm. so now, you know, what is it, six, seven years on from 2009? Do you guys consider yourselves podcasters first or or food writers or sort of foodies in general? Oh, boy. We were just having this conversation just (laughs) before uh, we got on the air with you. Um, And we were saying it still feels a little embarrassing to say, you know, when someone asks you what you do and you say, I'm a podcaster, right? (laughs) Yeah, it really sounds like you're like broadcasting out of your basement for yourself and and your mom. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, if people would think of it as being like Christian Slater in Pump Up the Volume, then it would be cool. Well, let's start telling people it's like that, right? Okay, a, a, a movie everybody remembers, no <laughs> doubt. Or you should every time we mention that we do a podcast, you should be like, you know, it's like that serial show, right? It's like it's just like that. Yes, well, I I think serial coming out really changed the game for podcasting, and you know, a lot of the comedy podcasts that I listen to, and I know Matthew, you listen to a lot of these shows too. A oh, lot for sure. Of, a lot of these shows, serial has become a real punchline, uh, you know, where they're joking that serial is the first podcast. Or something like that, because it, it kind of seems like that's what a lot of people think. But I think serial coming out has made podcasting more acceptable as a medium. Uh, yes, more acceptable and more profitable, certainly. <laughs> For sure. That's, that's, um, that's helpful, too. But it's interesting because I think that both Matthew and I tend to introduce ourselves to people as, as writers. And I, I know at least that's how I think of both of us. But the truth is, is... Yeah, this show, we've been doing it for six years, and it's a big part of our jobs now. That's really cool. Do you guys consider yourselves foodies? And what is the deal with the word foodie? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this, is, this is a very controversial area. I don't, I don't know if this is something you want to get into on your radio Hey, I, I try to get deep here. Let's, <laughs> let's figure so, out what's going on. Well, so I feel like the, the foodie, I, I, for me, I object to the foodie word because I feel like it's like somebody who fetishizes food, like somebody who just... Like, the truth is... Like, it's a sex thing or something? Or no, like, I just don't want to sit around and talk about food all the time. I'm... And Matthew, I, I, th- I think I can maybe speak for both of us. Please do. Um, <laughs> I think that we are both really into food because we really like eating, and eating is fun. That is absolutely it. And cooking and eating are fun things to do with the people that we like. But I don't think either one of us wants to, like, sit around and talk seriously about food or analyze it a lot. I don't think of us as, like foodies that way i'm not that into like food um well i was gonna say i think i think foodie sort of implies like it it rhymes with snooty and it sort of implies (laughs) snooty right because um you know this is a show where we are happy to eat the junkiest of junk food and genuinely enjoy it for what it is and that seems seems sort of counter to what i think of as the ethos of the word foodie Mm -hmm. i think there's sort of a couple different types of people right there's foodies who are like 
real real snooty about it like you're saying and then there's people who can get like really into a box of tabasco cheez it's oh those are great yes. i am all i love about. those people they're not um, as good as white cheddar cheez it's but they're great you know there i've been on a tabasco cheez it thing these days i was into the white cheddar once for a while i was really glad when y'all covered cheez it's on mm-hmm. on your show because that that it gave legitimacy to Cheez Its for me. I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not wrong for liking these. Yeah, I think we legitimized Cheez Its for America. <laughs> we uh, over time, uh, over our many shows in which we're eating junk food, we have sort of come up with this like uh, category of industrially processed food that is really good and like like something like um gosh i'm being really inarticulate a here. snickers bar a snickers bar or a reese's peanut butter cup we would refer to those as perfectly engineered food products right like just a beautifully engineered piece of chemical machinery right like you could make an artisan version of a reese's it peanut would butter not cup. be right it just wouldn't push the same buttons. no no so i think white cheddar cheez-its for sure for you fall in there matthew absolutely right, right? i think cool ranch doritos definitely yes Ooh. those are yes. really good do you guys ever let what you're supposed to like affect what you like as i know matthew on i think it was the episode that came out today you were talking about um, bagels, raisin, cinnamon raisin bagels, and how sure. you're not supposed to like those. Do you? But you do anyway. Is there ever a situation where you guys say, "Well, this is uh, twenty years later. I tried this and I liked it, but I didn't for so long because it it wasn't cool enough." I think this show has helped illuminate for me the times when I might have done that in the past. Right. And I now think, I'm like, why do I even care? I think we're over ourselves. We we do sometimes try a thing that we know we loved as kids and realize we just can't get with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because we're embarrassed to like it, just because it's not very good. Uh, we had SpaghettiOs at one point. Yes. <laughs> tiny little meatballs in them. And the meatballs were so much better and weirder than I remembered. Very strange. This really strange, like smooth, spongy texture. But the SpaghettiOs themselves, which I remember loving as a kid, they kind of tasted like the like the volume had been turned down on the flavor. (laughs) Yes. And that was a big bummer. So I don't know. One of the surprises for me about doing this show has been I don't know, like maybe we're more mature than we thought we were, Matthew, because some of these flavors we loved as kids, we're so bummed to see we don't love them anymore. It's so sad. Yes, we are very mature. That is the lesson of this show, (laughs) where we spend 20 minutes every week making bad puns and dirty jokes and pretending to be married. I I have to say, Matthew, you and I talked for, I don't know, five minutes, maybe less when we were planning this, this interview. Right. And... Gosh, you have a really impressive percentage of double entendres in everything you say. It's, oh, it's thank really you. remarkable. <laughs> That's very sweet of you. <laughs> it's a really impressive skill I, 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 you have. Uh, I think it makes the show really fun. Thank you. And, you know, that, that's a thing that sort of developed, you know, that, that I sort of developed along with doing the show. Like, I, I think there, there is a tendency, like when you start out on a project like this, to think, um, oh, you know, we're doing a radio show. We need to, <laughs> we need to uh, sound professional like a radio show does. Well, and I thought, we're food writers. We need to be informative about yes. food. <laughs> we need to share, you know, helpful tips in the kitchen. And what we realized was people, people enjoy the show more to the extent that we let ourselves go a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, because, well, you know, that's, that's where the personality comes out. It's so much fun listening to you talk about for 10 minutes about, you know, your memory lane, 
segment you'll go down molly i I listened to the cold cuts episode and and you're talking about oh i loved baloney and it was so good and baloney roll-ups and all that and and you wax poetic on how great the food is and you know enough about food to talk really informatively about these things and you feel strongly about them because you grew up eating them and then you bite into these things and it's not at all what you remembered it being oh yeah that was that was (laughs) definitely one of those things that was a disgusting episode oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's talk about a different episode <laughs> well, let's let's let me jump back to something you said before, Matthew, because yeah, you guys get into this situation where people think you are married uh, to each other. Has it, has, that- it has happened. Yes, we have tended to fan the flames of, of that. As <laughs> Indeed, well. has that ever not, run? Not you guys- the flames of our non-existent relationship. I should <laughs> no, not like old flames. No. <laughs> has it ever gotten you in you in trouble? Uh, either in a situation with a with a fan or with your actual real life spouses. Uh, what what kind of trouble in a situation with a fan? Like they wanted to marry us, but they thought we were already married, <laughs> and so they just walked away and looked sad. I I do think there are some listeners out there, you know, who like cherry pick episodes and maybe haven't listened to a lot of episodes, and they probably do think we're married. Yeah. And to, sure. those, and to those people, we'd like to say, where will you buy something off our registry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it, my spouse, I think, thinks it's all hilarious. I think my spouse does, too. How awkward was it when, the, when you guys got that the first time? It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Matthew, you are really into Japan and Japanese food. Yes, that that does make me sound like a difficult person, but it is true. <laughs> well, Molly, you are really into France and French food. Yes, I, I feel like Matthew has sort of pigeonholed me in this. <laughs> yep. I'm actually like not that into France anymore. I, I feel like I, I, I feel like I learned a lot about cooking through time I spent in France, but I don't feel like a Francophile the way Matthew is a Japanophile. She does speak French fluently. <laughs> Not fluently. Very well. Anyway, whatever. Let's talk about Japan. <laughs> Matthew, do you speak Japanese? I speak Japanese like, sort of like a uh, Japanese second grader who is very confused for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Have you spent a lot of time in Japan? Um, I've spent a few months of my life in Japan. Does your food experience in Japan, is that is that really the lens through which you look at other food or is it just sort of a nice detail you like to go back to more the latter i I, you know it's made me a very tedious person when it comes to (laughs) japanese food in america has it ever (laughs) yes and i was let me be clear i was a tedious person already (laughs) uh but uh yeah japan is an incredible place to eat it is one of the few places in the world i've been where it is almost impossible to get bad food you know you go into a convenience store everything's great you go to a fast food restaurant everything's great you go to a high-end restaurant everything's great uh, it's hard to it's hard to go back to normal life after that. Has doing the podcast changed how you look at all of that experiences you've had in Japan? Um, well, I mean, certainly in the sense that so so here's what I would say. I wrote a book about uh, Japan called uh, Pretty Good Number One: An American Family Eats Tokyo. Certainly, the experience of doing the podcast helped me sort of. Uh, recognize and tell stories, uh, you know, recognize what was funny about being in Japan, uh, you know, because when you when you do a comedy podcast, uh, you have to you have to sort of look for funny moments again and again and again really quickly over the course of the podcast. That spills over a little bit into everyday life, and that uh, which is delightful to me. 
Do you have more fun now? Be- because of the podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Molly, do you, do you have more fun because of this podcast? I do, actually. <laughs> okay. I totally do. You know, I remember when we first started the show, and I think that I think that I was a little bit worried to kind of like really let, let her it, rip. Let her rip. And you, uh, you know, I was wondering at the time, like, whether we should laugh at our own jokes. I know that's like a big stand up no no, right? <laughs> right. And you were like, yeah, let's laugh at our own jokes. Like, let's just have a conversation. And it was so fun for me to, um, Basically, to have an excuse to sit around with a friend of mine. That's you, Matthew. I oh, should thanks. clarify. And just like try <laughs> just to make friends. each other laugh for half an hour. I feel like uh, I figured out that like I was kind of like a funnier person than I thought I was. This sounds so serious. Awesome. I mean, I had been like lying around crying <laughs> in my room. And Matthew pulled me out and was like, let's do this comedy show. You were writing morose poetry. I was. I was. Um, no, I feel... Um, I, I feel like my writing is funnier now. I feel like I, it's a lot funnier now. I, I do too. And I, love I, that. I think it was funny to start with, but I agree. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's made my life more fun too. My my spouse is never quite sure whether I'm married to her or someone else. That keeps things <laughs> oh, seems interesting. Uh, Matthew and I go out dancing sometimes. That <laughs> one, also one time. keeps things interesting. <laughs> one time. So we are so much fun. It was pretty much like us and a whole bunch of incoming freshmen at the University of Washington. Yes. <laughs> I, I refer to this club. as my night at the club. <laughs> <laughs> what was the what started that? What, was it just a? Oh, Molly said she now? was going out to the dance club, and I said, "Can I come along?" Because, because <laughs> let's be clear, this is not a thing I would do. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a 40 year old bald guy, uh, and but I had a great time at the club. Yeah, no, I I like to go dancing, and uh, anyway, so Matthew came with me, and and we threw down. Yes, we definitely threw down. We left nothing standing on that dance floor. Yeah, we we tore the roof off the sucker, (laughs) which is not a good idea in Seattle because it rains a lot. Yeah, yeah. But you never went back and did it again. I haven't. Molly probably has. <laughs> I can't. I think I, I. I don't know if I've gone since then. Let's put it out here on on <laughs> FM radio. We're going to go back out to the club. We're going back out to the club. It's but not in now. a married sort of way. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a contractual obligation now. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a, a fun sort of question for you. Uh, we'll for, we'll be the judge each. of that, Aaron. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. I think it's fun. I hope you think it's fun. What's a food that you, that isn't very common that, you know, I as sort of a middle tier liker of food might not know about, but that you think should be way more popular? It, maybe it should be the next, like, you know, cupcake shop trend, or maybe not. Maybe you just think Ooh. we all should be eating. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Uh, I am going to say fennel, which... Oh, my God, I was thinking fennel, too! Well, I got there first. Oh, wow. Uh, You know, fennel sort of had a moment maybe in the 80s, 90s. Um, It's a great vegetable. Uh, You know, it's great uh, in salads, like sliced thinly. It's crunchy. It's got this sort of licorice-y flavor. It's got a totally different flavor, and it can be really, you know, tender when it's braised or or sautéed. It's uh, it's great, and, like, nobody ever mentions it, I feel like, anymore. (laughs) So you think fennel should be the next like kale that we're all? I think fennel should be kitchens. the next kale. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't know if you can make it into chips and thereby uh, you know fool kids into eating it, but uh, <laughs> I, I support it anyway. 
I'm totally drawing a blank. I was trying to think of something that was on the sweeter end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, something that you could conceivably turn into the next cupcake shop. Now, cocoa nibs are kind of a thing now, but they it seems like they're sort of a health food thing. Like, you know, snack on these instead of snacking on chocolate chips. Yeah. But, hmm. you know, cocoa nibs. Can I say, and this is, this is a, a different, this is on a different line from what you were asking for, Aaron, but I'm so excited that soft serve is making a comeback. Oh, yes. Can we talk about how exciting that is? Oh, That's it's, it's, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's the right way to do ice cream, I think. You know, ice cream should not be as cold as it is usually served. Oh, and it's got that swirly shape, and when you lick it, it's just the right texture. Yes. Oh. Uh, anyway, soft serve is making a comeback world. Um, and, and I'm here to say it's a great day to be a soft serve eater. Well, our listeners in Arlington, (laughs) Virginia, in Washington, DC will, maybe we'll see that soon. I think Seattle might be a little bit cooler than DC. And I have heard that Seattle is, is an ice cream city that we eat more ice cream here than a lot of other places. And that, uh, you know, they'll test market ice cream flavors here. DC, we are all about, uh, frozen yogurt. I feel like that's all I've eaten. Is it like the Pinkberry? Um, yeah. Is it like that kind? Like a the fat, fat free? I feel like yeah. that tore through Seattle and has now died back quite a bit. Well, y'all probably got it five years ago. So yep. this is now the, uh, now, it's, so now thanks, it's our turn. <laughs> thanks for eating our leftovers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no worries. Y'all, y'all, you guys get to start with the, uh, the soft serve before we do. So mm. that's. Uh, yeah. I'll let you know when the, when the fennel front is approaching. <laughs> like when it, you know, I love those fennel machines. You just pull the lever, it comes out oh, a little yes. swirl. Oh, yes. Oh, a fully formed fennel bulb. Yes, with the fronds <laughs> on top and everything. <laughs> Put some sprinkles on there. See, if so, okay, so with, with soft serve, you can swirl the vanilla and chocolate. If you had a fennel Correct. machine, what are you f- swirling the fennel with? Ooh. Lemon. Uh, lemon. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Just pulpy. Just, just pulpy, <laughs> pulpy lemon pulp. <laughs> Oh, yum. Mm. And then just a little uh, curl of lemon skin on top. Like it's an artisanal cocktail. That's right. And then we'll Instagram the hell out of that. (laughs) Well, Molly and Matthew, I'd like to thank you for joining me on the show this week. Um, Where can we all find your show and uh, and you guys online? So we are, uh, our show is called Spilled Milk and it can be found on iTunes. Just search for Spilled Milk uh, by searching for Spilled Milk. Uh, and it's also at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can also find, let's see, where can they find our writing, Matthew? Well, uh, Molly writes a blog called Orangeet that's found at orangeet.net. That's O-R-A-N-G-E-T-T-E.net. Mm-hmm. And Matthew has written a couple of, well, a number of really funny books. But uh, if you want to read about his exploits in Japan, he, uh, you can find those in a book called Pretty Good Number One. Yes, which is available wherever books are sold. It's very exploitative. (laughs) Matthew, did I see that you have a Kickstarter or something Um, coming out soon? I I do. Uh, My my friend Becky Selingut, who is uh, a two-time Spilled Milk guest, uh, and I uh, co-wrote a little humor book about uh, a trip to Japan that we took, and uh, it's called Not One Shrine, and it is funding now on Kickstarter. And uh, Not One Shrine, so I guess just search Not One Shrine in Kickstarter. Yeah. uh, If one were to want to find... That. Exactly. Oh, I wanted to say, too, I like your Facebook page very much. You know, it doesn't pop up on the feed too much. I don't know how Facebook decides what you see. Oh, nobody um, knows that except but, Zuckerberg. <laughs> but if you if, if one were to navigate to the Spilled Milk Facebook page, it's always a really cool uh, place to talk about the new episodes and uh, and get a little bit of detail and behind-the-scenes pictures and stuff. I really like that page. 
Thank you. Um, Molly and Matthew, thank you very much for joining me on the show. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the podcast preview. To keep up with the show, you can subscribe to the podcast feed by searching the podcast preview in your favorite podcast distributor like iTunes. I'd really appreciate it if you'd rate and review the show. You want to talk about podcasts? Is there a show you think I should recommend? You can send me a message on Facebook or Twitter at podcast preview or email me at thepodcastpreview at gmail.com. I'm Aaron Prince Staley, and I'll talk to you next week.